Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Yes, it's finally here. It's Halloween. It is October 31st of 2017. Something weird happened to me yesterday. Can you believe that? (laughs) I've been uh, traveling a good deal, and I was in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee, and Lauren and I went into an odd little shop where a guy had a lot of things for sale, knives, survival gear, stuff like that. And so we were browsing around and chatting with him. Now, this guy did not know me from Adam. He had no idea that I was a person into the paranormal or mystical or any of that stuff. And so it was quite surprising when he started talking about the value of different things. And he just sort of brought up this story out of the blue. It's even weirder if you consider that this is rural Tennessee where people are not necessarily so open sometimes to talking about spooky and paranormal things. It's still a part of the uh, so-called Bible Belt. And uh, he said, you know, he goes, years ago I bought an old abandoned house. And he said, once I bought it, I started going through each of the rooms, and occasionally I would find some odd little thing here or there that was something old, a newspaper, some type of a, um, you know, just an object from the past. And he said, I went up into the attic, and I shined my flashlight over to the side and saw this old Ouija board from the 1800s. And he said the most remarkable thing about this Ouija board is that there was a Bible opened and laying face down on top of the Ouija board. So if you can imagine what this man is telling me, it's almost like this Ouija board is emanating such wickedness, such evil, that somebody cracked open a Bible and at some point in the past, put this Bible face down on top of this Ouija board in order to hold the wicked forces at bay. So he said he walked over, and he took the Bible off of the Ouija board, and he said it had been there for so long that he basically had to peel the Bible off of the Ouija board. It had been there for so long, in fact, that when he did peel it away from the Ouija board, the print from the Bible was now on this old Ouija board in, I guess, mirror image or something like that. And uh, I said, well, what part of the Bible? was it open to? And he said, Revelations. And I said, well, do you remember specifically what part of Revelations? He said, no, I don't. He said, it's been too long ago. I don't remember. But he said it was, he said it was an old Ouija board. It was a strange situation. And I'm thinking like, why is this guy telling me this? You know? 
And then he went on to say, I'm sure that thing was probably worth a lot of money to some kind of collector. But I gave it away to a friend, and uh, the friend just ended up selling it. I should have sold it myself. Got it. Yeah. And I was like, what a, what a weird thing. But what a, what a great visual. What an amazing concept. The idea that at some point in the past, someone had a Ouija board that they feared but they didn't want to just destroy it. Like, why not just take it out and burn it or bury it or trash it? No, instead, they left the Ouija board as it was, but put the Bible on top of it. Interesting, interesting concept. But, you know, today is a day to talk about these strange ideas of the spirit world and good versus evil and all that, and... I figure I'll tell you a little bit about the history of this day. You may already know it, and uh, if you do, it's a good refresher, I suppose. But the basic gist of it is, um, thousands of years ago, this whole thing apparently began in Europe, in the Gaelic and Celtic territories. We're talking Ireland, Scotland, and then even over to the, the British Isles. Um, a festival that they called Samhain. It's not pronounced the way it, you'd think if you see the spelling. It's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but the, the Gaelic Celtic peoples called it Samhain. And this was the day when the world of the living passed into the world of the dead. Now, this is a very literal if you are um, you're, you're raising crops and that sort of thing because you're transitioning officially from the summer into really the fall and winter and the dead, dark, cold, scary period. And you have to remember now, if you lived thousands of years ago, and you didn't even know what the shape of Earth was. And you knew, oh boy, when this time of year comes, it's going to get dark, and it's going to get cold, and nothing's going to grow, and things are going to be dead and barren. I mean, this was a, a really a time to dread. So during this period of time when this transition occurred from the world of the living to the world of the dead, they believe that this day was what we might call a liminal day. Now, liminal means it's a period of transition that is neither quite here nor there, but has characteristics of both. And so they think or they thought that that applied to everything. So what that means is on this day, we're, we are dealing with literally a thinning of the veil that separates the living from the dead. And that on this date, on this day, uh, various different spirits could interact with us here in the living form that otherwise might not be able to interact with us because they're held at bay, almost like those forces from the Ouija board I mentioned, for one reason or another. But on this day, they could interface, they could interact they could experience each other. 
And so you may have uh, good spirits, but it's the bad ones that you have to worry about. And so they would wear all of these ghoulish costumes, uh, the logic being that they would blend in with all of the dark and evil and grotesque spirits, that the evil spirits would not mess with them if they looked like evil spirits themselves. So it was a way of protecting oneself by uh, going unnoticed in this disguise. So that's, you know, ultimately what was going on uh, on this day, on this day called Samhain for thousands of years. Um, all this changed, however, of course, when the Catholic Church became uh, involved and they started trying to convert people all over Europe to Catholicism. If basically, if you were not a member of the Catholic Church, you were considered pagan, you were a heathen. And at first, you know, when the Catholics uh, were, were trying to convert people in Europe, um, they were going in using really like brute force, saying like, this is wrong, you don't do this, you're going to hell, and just denying everybody's culture. And that was not working so well, because people have a tendency to uh, to become offended when you tell them that they're stupid and they don't know what they're talking about. And those people like to fight, and it became uh, a very violent conflict. And finally, there were um, various people, uh, higher-ups in the Catholic Church, one of them in particular, there was one saint, uh, I can't remember his name, might have been like Saint Boniface or something like that, but anyway... They had the, uh, the the concept of like, look, we're not doing any good to go into these pagan territories and tell people they're wrong and destroy everything because that's just going to inspire them to fight us. Instead, let's go in, let's try to understand their point of view, what they believe in, and let's take that and let's bless it and adapt it into the Christian mindset. So uh, one of the best examples of this is the Christmas tree, where, you know, basically they, they, you know, they were saying, if you go and you find a bunch of these pagans worshiping a tree, because they're worshiping nature, basically, if you see them worshiping a tree, if you just cut that tree down and burn it and say, yeah, no, you know, don't do that. You guys are wrong. Again, they're not going to like that. Instead, you're better off to go and bless the tree and say, now this is holy. It represents the Trinity. It represents looking to heaven. Now this tree is a Christian tree. It's, it's almost like a little trick of the mind. Uh, now suddenly they're doing the same thing they've always been doing, but suddenly it becomes Christian. And so that's why you see a lot of these pagan traditions sort of get morphed into um, the accepted uh, Catholic and Christian mindset. Well, Halloween is a great example of that, because Halloween was such an important day, such an important festival for the people of the pagan world that the Catholic Church said, you know, it's, it's not going to get us anywhere if we tell them not to observe this day. So let's think about it from their point of view. Okay, it's a day when we respect the spirit of the departed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So therefore, 
let's say this is going to be a period of time where we also honor the spirits of the dead from a Christian perspective. And so they took November the 1st and called it All Saints Day, meaning that this is a hallowed, blessed, holy day when you get together in Catholic Church and you honor the spirits of all the saints who have come. And then the next day, November 2nd, is called All Souls Day, where you essentially do the same thing, but now it, you can honor uh, everybody you ha- you care about, not just saints, but anybody. So, so they very much took on this sort of mindset of using this as a time to think about the dead. So because the Catholic Church made November 1st All Saints Day, called the Hallowed Day, the Hallow Day, then the evening before that was called Hallow's Evening, or All Hallowed Evening, and that was just shortened into Halloween. So that's where we get the word Halloween from. So Halloween as we know it today uh, is a combination of the root uh, Gaelic Celtic origins and the way that it has been sort of treated and uh, and really kind of manipulated by the Catholic Church in order to turn it into a an opportunity to honor the dead from their point of view. But regardless of how you view it, um, you know, the concept here is that, well, this is some kind of a window, a day of opportunity to experience spirits. And I hope that today you'll keep that in mind. Um, I don't know what your day is going to look like, of course, but however it's going to look, as you go through your day, Just imagine that that may be true, that this might be a time when you can get easier access. Not that you're necessarily having to look for it, but it might be a day when you are going to naturally happen to glimpse a little bit more of the other side. People ask me every year, um, is there more paranormal activity around Halloween? And I say, yes, there is. Uh, for one reason, uh, here in, in this part of the world, uh, you know, the air is just really turning nice and cold and dry, which enhances those electrostatic charges, which seem to increase paranormal activity. Secondly, as I've talked about on this podcast in the past, the Earth is tilting away from the sun, and so that creates a, a more um, ex- expanded environment ionospherically and magnetospherically speaking, in which subtle um, energy fields are more um, prominent. Also, uh, you have the fact that people are just thinking more about it. I mean, it goes back to the Tulpa phenomenon, the idea that when people are thinking about a certain concept, then that increases the chances that that concept will manifest and materialize as a thought form. It's no different than people actually saying they see Santa Claus around Christmas time. Well, you have more people who have more 
ghost encounters and paranormal experiences around Halloween uh, for and if, if for no no other reason than that they are are wanting it and we kind of manifest these things ourselves. So so bear all that in mind today. It, again, it doesn't matter what you think and what you believe as much as your acknowledgement that you live in a world that's full of people, at least here in the United States, who are thinking about spooky things today and manifesting that kind of stuff. Now, listen, it's not the same all over the place. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, the other day I was watching a, a YouTube video, and there was a minister who was talking about Halloween, and he said, it's the devil's birthday. Halloween is the devil's birthday. Well, come on. That that's this this guy's point of view, and I don't think that uh, that is a reasonable way of looking at the reality of what we might be dealing dealing with here. To put it in black and white terms like that, I you know I sent out my e newsletter a couple of days ago, and uh, and I said here's this sigil if you're interested in experimenting that they claim will help you contact the dead. I get an email from a guy who says, please don't don't even send this kind of stuff out there. The world is spiritually polluted, and uh, don't even tell people how to contact or, or communicate with the dead. And I'm thinking, you know, come on, man. It's Halloween. Lighten up a little bit. Now, granted, this guy is in another country, so he may not have the same sense of how we treat it. But a lot of it should just be fun. It really should be. And there's nothing wrong with having fun at Halloween time. Yes, on one hand, you can acknowledge the possibility that we are indeed able to interact with strange spiritual forces, which are usually sort of, again, behind that thicker veil. On the other hand, it is a time to have fun. It's kind of like going to the amusement park. Why do you go to the amusement park and get on the roller coaster ride? You do it because people like the sensation of being scared when they actually know they're safe. And that, I think Alfred Hitchcock said that when he was asked about, you know, why do people like scary movies, you know, from the guy who made Psycho. Um, and, and, you know, we all fall on the spectrum uh, in different places to varying degrees when it comes to how much you like the feeling of being being scared but uh but I think certainly when when people put on a costume and they're able to go out and act a little mischievous get some candy indulge a little bit um I think it's a fun thing obviously there are people out there who would say oh no no this is this is the devil's work uh but that is not how I feel and uh, to me, again, it's just like uh, watching a scary movie or something like that, uh, just to get a little adrenaline rush, and it can all be good fun. So I hope today you have some interesting experiences. If so, I'd love to hear about them. Also, in a, uh, an upcoming podcast, I'm going to tell you about some really interesting reports that I've been receiving. Once in a while, I'm going to sit down and just kind of look at some of the cool emails that have been coming in and and tell you about some interesting things that people have been sending me. Uh, another thing I want you to realize is that I introduced this podcast, Joshua P. Warren Daily, 
on October the 1st. And now it is the last day of the month, October 31st. So this is sort of officially one month for this podcast. So I've given you a podcast pretty much every day here. And uh, if you want me to continue doing this, it is very important that you share this with other people. Uh, I get to sit there and you know look at the amount of plays and stuff, and I'm not going to continue doing this unless you and all your friends keep listening to it. That's why I'm doing it. Um, and here is something you can do for me as a favor if you're enjoying these podcasts. If you are listening through iTunes, go to the iTunes interface and leave a nice five-star review there, please. If you're listening through Stitcher, do the same thing. If you're listening through any kind of interface that gives you the option of leaving a review, please leave a nice five-star review there because that gets picked up, that inspires more people to listen, and that will keep keep me going here. And, uh, you know, that's, again, I, I'm not sitting here to just talk to myself. Uh, I, I'm I'm doing this also because I get all kinds of uh, great feedback from those of you who are enjoying it, and I I need you to continue helping to promote this. Okay, I guess that's it for now. Um, Gosh, as usual, thanks for for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for staying curious. Happy Halloween. Have fun. I'll talk to you again soon.